Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Thursday, September 16th, 2021. And today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster only working from my home in New York. And Taylor, as I was here yesterday watching games yesterday and Roberta Clemente Day, and I'm looking at the players and some of them were in 21 and some are not. In fact, most are not. And I, I just... It just occurred to me, why why is there not permission for all players to wear 21 the way that there is on Jackie Robinson Day? I mean, it's it's Roberto Clemente Day. Shouldn't everyone be wearing 21? Yeah, I saw that they, they, they were more players this year wearing 21, which I thought was already strange. And yeah, that's that's a great point. Like if you if you want, like everyone should just wear it. Like if you're going to make a whole day out of it, like let's go all in. Don't don't go half in. Yeah, and it's funny as as I as I just pose that whole question, my our colleague Marley Rivera texted me because I sent her a note. I'm like, why doesn't everyone wear 21? Her answer was, any player who requested uh, was supposed to be allowed. It's not retired, so that's why it's not an across the board thing. Let's make it an across the board right. thing for next year. It doesn't make any sense. How is this not retired? <laughs> everyone wears 21. Now you know, I, I I've said I think they should retire it. Major League Baseball is not going to, but that doesn't preclude them from having everybody wear 21 on Roberta Clemente Day. Right. And the guys who wear 21, they're already wearing 21. Problem solved. Yeah, right. Exactly. News and notes from the pennant races yesterday. The Phillies faced the Cubs. Phillies gave up a lead. Ian Kennedy allowing a game-tying home run. But then this happened in the bottom of the ninth. Off the glove of Chirinos. Nat's going to score. The Phillies have won at the bottom of the ninth inning as the ball went off Chirinos and rolled toward the Cubs dugout. Knapp just strolled on home. A 6-5 victory in the craziest of ways. Yep, it was the first time in five years that a game ended with a walk-off pass ball by the catcher. The Phillies win, a needed win for them. The Mets, on the other hand, they face the St. Louis Cardinals, who have just been ripping them this week. And Nolan Arenado continue to do damage. Arenado, high drive down the left field line. It is gone! Nolan Arenado with home run number 32. And he's driven in 98 this year. Yep, the Cardinals blew out the Mets 11 to 4. St. Louis right now with a game and a half grip on that second wild card in the National League. The Mets drift even further back behind the Phillies uh, in the National League East race. Atlanta, of course, in first place. They lost last night. By the way, we've got the Phillies and Mets on Sunday night baseball this week. The Padres faced the Giants with San Diego trying to stop the bleeding in the standings, and they needed to get off to a good start, and they did. Adam Frazier in the first inning. Line, a fair ball down the left field line. This could clear the bases. In from third is Profar. Tatis behind him, stopping at third is Pham. It's a double for Frazier, and the Padres take a 2-0 lead. The Padres scored five runs in the first two innings against San Francisco last night on the way to a 9-6 win. They scored six total runs over the previous five games entering Wednesday. Now, before the game, the Padres placed Blake Snell on the 10-day injured list, and they signed Vince Velasquez, who was just uh, released uh, by 
the Philadelphia Phillies to a minor league deal. He's going to pitch for them this weekend. So they immediately throw him into action against the St. Louis Cardinals. That tells you how desperate the Padres are right now for starting pitching. First pitch is part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return, return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Los Angeles Angels manager Joe Madden said he would be very surprised if Mike Trout returns in 2021. Trout has been out for four and a half months because of that uh, strained calf that he suffered. Milwaukee Brewers outfielder Christian Yelich is giving away 10,000 tickets for an upcoming series against the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a cool gesture by him. Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals looks like he has a shot at 50 homers. He and the Royals lost a wild game to Oakland yesterday, but along the way, this happened. Right center field, deep, back goes Brown, it's gone for number 44. Yep, 44 homers that ties Shohei Otani for second most in Major League Baseball this season. At the All-Star break, Perez trailed Otani by 12 homers. Keep in mind, no catcher has ever hit 50 homers in a season. Salvador Perez appears to have an excellent chance to do that. Now, before Oakland's victory, the Mariners faced the Red Sox. They were tied 3 all in the 10th inning, but then this happened. Off the bat. Here comes the run, and Lopez slides in. The Red Sox are in front, down to second Verdugo. It popped off Murphy's mitt. 4-3, Red Sox. And they would go on and explode for six runs in that inning, Boston winning that game. The Yankees trailed the Orioles in the top of the ninth inning last night. 3-2, this happened. Popped up. Is that going to find grass? Yes, it does. It's a base hit. One run scores. Here comes Torres. He'll score. A bloop. Two-run single for Brett Gardner. Oh, did the Yankees need that? And they lead 4-3. to And they would hold on and win 4-3 to at the end of the day. The Yankees, Blue Jays, and Red Sox, who all won yesterday, remained in that virtual tie for the two wild card spots. Oakland now three and a half games behind that trio. Seattle, four games behind. The latest ESPN 30 for 30, Once Upon a Time in Queens, about the 1986 World Series winning New York Mets, is now available to stream on ESPN Plus and the ESPN app. And if you haven't done so already, listen to our interview with Daryl Strawberry, part of that 1986 Mets team from Tuesday's episode. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, let's spread the love today. Obviously, there's the ESPN College Football Podcast, which is five days a week. Today, we've got Joey Galloway giving his picks and Chris Lowe talking Florida Bama, we've got Fantasy Focus Football. They put out their week one rankings, get those lineups set before the Thursday game kicks off tonight. And then let's give some love to Greeny, uh, which should actually be called Hashtag Hembo. Uh, great radio show from 10 to 12 on ESPN Plus, ESPN Radio, and all those shows wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm joining Greeny show today. Nice. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, 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 with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. This is The Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, reporter, producer for MLB.com and also the daughter of a famous uh, podcast, uh, uh, someone who made an appearance the other day. I hope your mom got some response from uh, from Giants fans. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she certainly got a response from a lot of family friends, a lot of my friends. Everyone was so excited to hear that she was on. Thank you again so much for having her on. I mean, it was just so wonderful. And uh, yeah, just some really fun responses. I'm so glad she got to talk about her Giants on here. That was fun. Uh, So I was watching the games yesterday. I mentioned this at the top of the show. And, you know, you're hearing the explanation. Well, this player is not wearing 21 because of X, Y, and Z. And that player is wearing it because he was nominated for the award. And and I, it never really occurred to me as as simple as this until yesterday. It's Roberto Clemente Day. Why isn't everyone wearing 21, Sarah? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, I was glad to see that this year, I think it was, uh, This year, I think it was anybody who wanted to just had to have submitted the request. It felt like we saw more 21s than in past years. I know last year there were fewer. I know the Pirates always all wear it, but I would certainly love to see it across the board. I mean, I'm part of why I am a baseball fan. Why I'm here talking to you right now is Roberto Clemente. He was my father's favorite player. And, you know, I'm here because of Willie Mays from my mother's side and Roberto Clemente on my father's side. And I think that just... He's such an important figure, not just baseball wise, as we know, but just off the field, everything, humanitarian efforts and so many comments that he made during his playing days about racism in this country and so much else. So the more that we can do to educate fans who are sitting at home and saying, hey, why are they wearing that number? I think it's a really, really good gesture to have there. Yeah, it's funny. We went through the same progression at the beginning of the Jackie Robinson's days in 1997. At the beginning, as you remember, not everybody wore 42, but then eventually it was sort of like, well, why, why isn't everybody wearing 42? And now everyone wears 42. I think everyone should wear 21, and I hope it happens next year. Um, I want to play a, a, a match game with you. Later, I'm going to ask you about the premier shortstop free agents who are going to hit the, uh, hit the market later this fall, and I'm going to have you match up 
uh, those players with the teams where you think they're going to land. And I'm going to give my opinion too, but before we do that, just uh, want to check a couple boxes. First off, let's talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, who to me, it's almost as if the Cardinals are, are, you know, the tortoise in the story of the tortoise and the hare when it comes to a playoff race in the National League. What do you think? Definitely. I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, we know that their bullpen has a lot of issues. We've seen that all year. Alex Reyes has had issues. They're close to if they haven't already set the record for bases loaded walks as far back as we can quantify that. And we've all seen a lot of games where they walked four guys in the ninth inning, something like that. But as you're saying, they've kind of just managed to be there just long enough that the Padres are having trouble. I know that they won last night, but Blake Snell went on the injured list. It feels like every day there's another pitching issue for the Padres. And the Reds are really starting to fade back out of it, also because of their bullpen, which was kind of the weakness that we highlighted, even as they forged ahead. And all of a sudden, it feels like it's going to be one of those years where somehow, someway, the Cardinals end up in the NLCS. I mean, we've seen this season so many times. I'm not sure with the strength of the Dodgers and Giants that that can quite happen in the same way this year. But the Cardinals really seem to have this way. It's very unquantifiable, uh, which obviously isn't exactly what I always look for, but they're just always there. And, you know, that game last night with the Giants, with the Mets, excuse me, it, it was very emblematic of what all they can do. They can come out and score a lot of runs bullpen back and forth there were a ton of hits in that game but they're able to you know persevere and at this point they have a one game lead for that second wild card uh i want to taylor we're playing the mat that we haven't started the match game yet taylor my bad you <laughs> no it's okay please keep this part of the po- keep oh, all God. this in the podcast this is so embarrassing Car- carry on guys I, I i heard match game and my uh you know my lizard producer brain just immediately <laughs> fired so yeah that's why you got oh the big, uh, yeah one other hard. topic before we hit the match game and we call for the match game music uh sarah yesterday robbie ray i, I watched the blue jays game he was filthy with that uh with a slider that he had against the tampa bay rays and i was texting back and forth with our old friend dan shulman during the course of that game uh, Robbie Ray, American League Cy Young Award. Garrett Cole also going for that. What's your read on that right now? You know, right now, if I were placing a vote today, and I don't have a vote in this or anything like that, I think I would go with Robbie Ray. I mean, all of the, both of these Cy Young Award races, maybe Scherzer, you know, cemented it with the perfect bid when he got the 3,000 strikeouts. But at least in the American League, it feels like we're going start to start. And we had Garrett Cole, on Tuesday, coming back from injury, going five innings, looking okay, but not his usual dominant self. And I know he was coming back from injury. So of course I am mentioning that, but then Robbie Ray comes out 13 strikeouts and no walks. It's the second time this year he's had 13 strikeouts and no walks. The only pitcher in Blue Jays history with more strikeouts and no walks in a game is Roger Clemens a handful of times. And if you look at their stats, they're very, very similar at this point. Strikeout rate, Garrett Cole's at 35%, Robbie Ray's at 32%. Whip, Garrett Cole's at 1%, Robbie Ray's at 1.03. ERA, Cole is at 275, Ray is at 269. So they're very, very similar, and it feels like Ray has the momentum right now. I mean, for all I'm saying, you know, Cole could come out in four days and dominate whoever the Yankees are playing next and help them get back into the race. But it just feels like all of the momentum storyline, everything else and the stats are all going in race favor right now. Yeah. And based on what Dan was saying during the broadcast yesterday, it looks like the 
Blue Jays might be arranging their rotation over the next few days to make sure that Robbie Ray is in position potentially to throw over that final game on this uh, last Sunday, the regular season, or maybe uh, start that wild card game, depending on how their season finishes. All right, Taylor, let's play the match game. One more time, Buster, just to be sure. Is it time for the match game? It is time for the match game. (laughs) All right. So theme music from the old game show, the match game. And Sarah, the way this is going to work is uh, we know that uh, we have this great class of free agent shortstops uh, coming out into the market this fall. And I thought it'd be fun with you to, to pick a name and then just take a guess. And that's all it is at this point, a guess on where these players are going to land. And it, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of teams potentially at play. There's some X factors, including the the CBA talks that uh, will happen during the course of this offseason, which may shape the spending that we have going forward. So I'm going to name a shortstop, and I want you to take a guess where that player is going to wind up, okay? Sounds good. All right. Let's start with Corey Seager. I am going to say the Angels for Corey Seager. I think they really need a shortstop. I think that they're going to be willing to spend. There's another one. When I get to him, I'll say I was down to Yankees or Angels for Corey Seager and Yankees or Angels for another shortstop. Going Angels with Seager. Keep him on the West Coast. Wow. Uh, my guess is the Yankees. Uh, okay. I think that this, uh, as you know, Yankees kept their payroll under $210 million this year, which is about where it was in 2003, 2004. With a new CBA, I think they're going to go nuts this winter. Uh, I think they're going to spend a lot of money, and obviously a priority is left-handed hitting. I am I was going to guess that Corey Seager is going to land with the Yankees. I will tell you that I had contact with an agent in the last 24 hours, and I asked him where he thinks Corey Seager is going to land, and he said to me, back with the Dodgers. Okay? Interesting. All right, Trevor Story. Where does Trevor Story land? So Trevor Story was where I landed for the Yankees. I think Trevor Story is going to get the biggest deal of all of these guys. And that's why I thought he would end up with the Yankees, because I also think that they're really poised to spend. They absolutely need to address shortstop. We've seen what's gone on with Labor Torres all year in the last few years. And I, I think I think Trevor Story probably has the most potential at the position moving forward. Corey Seager is also a great player. I mean, they're almost 1A and 1B, but that's why I ended up with Story to the Yankees because I was expecting him to get that biggest deal. I got Trevor Story going to the Texas Rangers. Uh, He's a a Texas native. You see the Rangers, they have to basically reboot their roster, reboot their position players. And I think Trevor Story would be a great foundational piece. He's known as a, a great team guy. Uh, and I will tell you that the agent I spoke with, when I just asked him to give me a guess, he also said the Texas Rangers. Uh, Javier Baez, where do you think he's going to land? This was absolutely the most difficult. And I feel like I'm breaking the game show by talking about it before just giving my answer. But it's really hard for me to envision where he's going to end up. But looking at the teams that need a shortstop, I mean, I I ended up with saying, could he end up back with the Cubs? That doesn't really fit their plan. I, I don't really think so. But I think Javier Baez is a really interesting one in this because he's a very electric player. He's a, he's a very good player, but I think there are a lot of questions with play discipline, everything else. And I'm just not sure that he's going to get the type of deal that really is in the echelon with these other guys. Uh, I've got him going to the Cubs. Uh, the agent I spoke with guessed the Mets 
that he will land with. He'll sign with that team. He's obviously played better of late. The reason why I got him going to the Cubs is because I think, yeah, the Cubs have so much payroll flexibility. Um, you know, there's conversation in Chicago that Tom Ricketts is cheap and he cut the payroll down to nothing. They need a headliner, Sarah. And the, the fans love Javier Baez. He's one of theirs. He's part of the 2016 championship team. And they actually got real close to signing him in the spring of 2020. Then the pandemic hit. I think you can pick up the threads of those negotiations and, you know, just reduce the number of years that he would have been signed for. And maybe, you know, maybe that built some traction uh, going forward for a deal. Marcus Simeon, who's had a great year. He wasn't talked about before the season started among the, you know, the elite class of free agent shortstops in part because he's played second base for the Blue Jays. He certainly could do that. Where do you think he winds up? It's interesting. I mean, I think the team that needs him most is the team that did not even give him the qualifying offer last year, and that's the Oakland A's. That's not where I think he's going to end up because I think he's going to command the type of salary we haven't really seen them hand out. I ended up with the Phillies. I mean, I think they need wow. a shortstop. I think they need an infielder. And they were just on my list as I was going through of what teams would end up signing some of these guys. I, I'm not sure that there's much fit beyond that, but I, I think they would be well, you know, poised to sign someone like that. And it would help their roster a lot for sure. I think he's going to wind up back with the Blue Jays. I think they love having him around. Uh, the agent I spoke with said, uh, he thinks that Simeon is going to wind up back on the West Coast. And, you know, we talked, he didn't commit to one team, but we talked generally about the Giants. Uh, Carlos Correa uh, is a really interesting player. He's having a really good year, maybe the best year of all these free agent shortstops. But he, of course, there are concerns about his medical history and the back issues that he has. What about what, where you got him going? So he's the one I ended up giving to the Rangers. I also sort of expect that they're going to need a big signing. They just opened this new ballpark. You know, fans really only got to go there for the first time this year. I know it opened last year, NLCS and World Series, but it basically opened this year. And I think that they're looking to build. I am expecting them to make some sort of big signing this year. And I thought him staying in Texas made a lot of sense. I, I somehow see him either there or ending up back with the Astros again. If the Yankees don't sign Corey Seager, I think Carlos Correa would be the most likely next guy. Um, I also wonder about the Giants. I also wonder about the Marlins. You know, do the Marlins, uh, who clearly need position player help, you know, do they wind up uh, looking at a player like him? All right, last one before you go. Uh, let's talk about the Atlanta Braves real quick because we're going to be interviewing uh, Brian Snitker coming up in a moment. And one of my questions I have for him is, is this one of the most gratifying seasons that he's had as manager because of all the talent that they lost during the course of the year and the fact that uh, they might win the division in spite of that? What's your take? Well, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, this is a hard thing to quantify, but – one thing that I looked into just to kind of answer this question, I mean, you know, Snake can answer the gratifying question, but we can answer the question of how impressive is it? So baseball prospectus does war. We don't really talk about their war as much as baseball reference and fan graphs, but they also have a war figure and they have something where you can measure percentage of projected war that was missed by a team based on injuries. So that's only based on injuries. So in the Braves case, it's not going to include 
the full span of time that Marcelo Zuna has missed. And it is based on projections. So for a guy like Mike Soroka, he wasn't projected to make 30 starts this year, but it is going to factor in the fact that he hasn't pitched at all. So if he was projected for 70 innings, it will consider that. All of this is to say that based on this, they've missed about 23% of the projected war that they had entering the season. And, you know, even just as a number, I think that that sounds pretty good. I mean, that you had the wow, that that kind of tells me uh, that I found a good number there. But just to put it a little bit more into context, there are a couple other teams that are right around or approaching that 25% mark or a bit past it. So the Diamondbacks are there. The Yankees are right there, which makes a lot of sense. The Rays are there. The Blue Jays are there. And then the teams that are really far and beyond with the most projected war that was missed are the Mets, Angels, and Mariners. So the Braves are kind of in that next echelon after those first three teams. And the fact that they're going to win their division, I mean, the only other division winner I'm staring at right now in terms of these most uh, projected, this most projected war missed is the Tampa Bay Rays, who also kind of fit the bill of not doing exactly what we expected them to do entering the year, but still finding a way to get it done. So that's definitely a testament to Brian Snicker, to that entire team. And it's great. I mean, you know, I think a lot of us really wrote them off when Acuna got hurt and rightfully so. And it's been really cool to see them rebound. You know, their trade deadline was so fascinating because even at that point, we weren't seeing them as necessarily a division winner as currently constructed, but here they are. And, you know, they're always a fun team to watch in October. And we finally saw them get past that hump, win a series. And I would love to see them continue to do that and put all of the postseason troubles behind them. All right, Sarah, thanks for, uh, for that and for playing the match game. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Brian Sicker is the manager of the Atlanta Braves. And Snit, uh, you know, what a year you guys have had as you and I talk. Uh, you're in first place in the National League East. How gratifying has it been for you to, to see how your players and your staff have responded in the face of all these injuries and roster challenges? Yeah, it's been something else, Buster, I'll tell you. Um, you know, we're sitting here three and a half games up. If you told me that in June, I'd have probably had you drug tested, quite honestly. Um <laughs> So it's, uh, it's been something, I mean, it's one of the toughest years. I think they're all hard. It's not hard. You know, it's not easy getting through 162 whenever things are supposedly going right. But this year has been an unbelievable challenge. Um, and I'm proud of the guys, man. Uh, they, 
they've hung on. They've kind of, they stayed consistent, you know, with their work, their preparation, the energy with which they played, you know, they, they're resilient and, and, um, you know, we hung around and, and uh, enough after the break, we had a rough stretch coming up, you know, after coming out of the break um, and we stayed relevant and allowed ourselves to be in first place here on September 16th. Now, you told me before we started, this is your first podcast interview. So I, it's time for some storytelling. I, I was watching the game live when Ronald Acuna Jr. injured his knee. My son is a crazy Braves fan. Uh, and we were watching live, and he was just devastated when when he you know he saw uh, Ronald lying down. I'm curious about uh, for for what uh, you know you experienced in that day and in the next 24 hours when you guys make the trade for Jack Peterson, uh, where Alex Anthopoulos kind of it announces to to your, everyone in your organization, look, we're not giving up here. Um, uh, can you just walk us back through that? Yeah, no, it, it was, that was a rough day. I mean, I hated it for Ronald. I mean, he was, you know, playing so well and, and um, yeah, it was just kind of a freak thing. I, I didn't, I didn't know if he, what had happened. I mean, I just knew, you know, it wasn't real good. And then we were all kind of convened at the hotel in a conference room um, when he got the, the information and everything back that, you know, he was going to be done for the year. Um, but you know what, every time we've lost somebody, it's just kind of like next man up. I mean, that creates an opportunity for somebody else. And, um, I know sitting in that room, you know, Freddie came down, Ozzy, I was there, uh, the trainers. I mean, it was, uh, you know, just kind of sitting around with Ronald, you know, it's going to be okay. We hate this, but you know, you'll come back stronger and ever. And, and, um, but the guys in that, the attitude of the ball club was, it didn't matter who we, you know, we lost the three of our first four hitters for, you know, two of them for the year, one of them for the, you know, two thirds of the year. And nobody ever, I never once felt or did I hear or sense anybody like the woe is me type thing. These guys never allowed that to set in. I mean, it was just like, okay, we're, you know, we got to keep going. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. There's a lot of teams around when you looked at that ticker every, every day that were, you know, had injuries. It was just something industry wide that everybody was dealing with. And our guy just kept going. I mean, it was just an opportunity for somebody else. And, um, you know, they, it was some, it's, it was really good actually. I mean, in face of all that, that, you know, they just kept going and hanging in there. How important uh, do you think the trades were for all the outfielders and not only for the production the individuals bring to the table, but also the the the, the implied message from the front office? No, I, I think it's huge. I think it's huge. And Alex is very aware of that. He always is, is about letting these guys know that we're not laying down. He's going to do everything he can to, to supplement, to help this team out. And he does every year, he finds a way to do this. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, we've had like three line changes in our outfield. I mean, we went, we had an opening day lineup of outfielders. Next thing you know, we pull around, we got three guys that didn't even make the club out of spring training. And the next thing you know, we got four big league outfielders that Alex, you know, dropped on us at the trade deadline, including jock. And, um, you know, he just, he never stands pat. I mean, he's always looking to, to make this club better and to show these guys that, that he's not going to sit down and, and, and not address needs for these guys. I mean, it's for the players and, and to show them that we're going to stay competitive. We're going to do whatever we can may not work out, but we're going to, we're going to do everything we can to, to go after this. 
You talked about uh, your players keeping an even keel. And, uh, you know, a great example of that this year is Freddie Freeman, National League MVP in 2020. You know, the numbers at the beginning of the season were ugly. Uh, we had you on Sunday Night Baseball a number of times early in the year. And you were saying, you know, he'll he'll get there. He'll eventually get there. How was he able to do that? Yeah, it's just, uh, man. And, and you know what? You look at the back of that baseball card, like I always talk about, and, you know, that doesn't lie. I mean, when you, you know, when you got a, a bunch of years there, that, you know, you just have to be patient and, and we're not a real patient society, I don't think. And, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, when are you guys going to get going or when's Freddie going to get going? I'm thinking, well, he, I don't know when, but he will, you know, if I keep running him in there, he's gonna, he's done it too long to not be able to do it again. And, um, you know, it's just, you just hang in there with Freddie knowing that, you know, and, and even at the time when he was, um, not going good. I think he was like the top two in hard hit balls. You know, there, there wasn't a lot. Of, I don't know what there's some luck stat or something like that. X whatever's and, and, but he, you know, he was making good contact. He just didn't have anything to show for it. And it's kind of like, if you can hang in there and, and I know he, you know, to stay positive, it's like, you know, cause he's the one that told me about that. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, if, if that's, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, you know, you can do the woe is me or whatever, and ain't going to do you no good, but if I can stay, and you got to be mentally strong to, to be able to, to overcome something like that also. Uh, as you and I talk his OPS now over 900 uh, in the last few years, Ozzy Albies has become one of the, my favorite players in baseball, even though I don't really know him, you know, during this COVID time, I'm not in your clubhouse. Right. Uh, but I love watching your games to see his interaction, not only with your players, but players with other teams. And I think it's pretty clear that uh, he is someone who people like right away, uh, that they respond to. And he has this incredible maturity at age 24. Tell me about him. Yeah, no, I, I love talking about Ozzy. And you talk about that maturity. Ozzy had that maturity at 18. You know, he was always when we signed Ozzy, he was always the youngest player on every team that he played on in the minor leagues. And he was the leader of every team that he played on in the minor leagues. And you talk to the the managers as it had them then you talk to me. I, I always tell people, it's like if you play the game the way Ozzy does, you're going to play it right. You know, because this kid gives everything he has every day. He's an unbelievably charismatic young man. Um, very, like you said, very mature, uh, just consistent. You know, you talk about consistency and what they do. It's unbelievable. And, and how he plays the game every day. I mean, it's just, um, he, he is a joy to be around and, and people sense that and they respect him for how he plays the game. You know, I think guys around the league have gotten to know him, you know, with his all-star, um, game that, that he's made. And, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that you root for, I think uh, players on other teams, they respect and admire how he plays the game. I mean, it's just, like I say, you play the game the way, the the way Ozzy does and you're going to play it right. I don't think this season was bigger for, for any one of your players more than it was for Austin Riley, an important time to really establish himself in the big leagues. And, you know, watching him this year, uh, really brought me back to a conversation I had when he was a rookie with his high school coach back in Mississippi, who told me that Austin at every level, he never sees in panic. He, even when he's struggling, he goes with the same approach and he makes adjustments. And it seems like that's what you've seen this year with him. Absolutely. Well, you know, well, you go back and look at Austin's track record, in the minor leagues and every, you know, I think he might've repeated everywhere that he went and, and he always was better for that. 
you know, he, and I, the, that goes back to your making adjustments, Austin. And, and I admire Austin because he allowed himself to get to where he, you know, where he is this year, man. And you, you look at his numbers too, and the, the average, the Homer, the RBIs, the OPS, all that kind of stuff is, is right there with all the big names in baseball. And, you know, early on, you know, it was like, oh my God, well, you know, we got to go out and find another third baseman. And again, I think this goes back to having patience with these guys, you know, and, and we forget how young they are and they don't have the, the, they're not amassing the bats that they need to. That, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I look at Dansby, I look at Austin. It's like, why are they doing this? It's like, because they're getting older, they're getting more confident in themselves. Um, they're, they've been in the league longer and it's kind of like, cause it's like these guys, they show up on the scene and everybody wants them to be a, you know, a five-year veteran and, and they're just starting out and it takes time to, to learn this thing. This is hard. This is a really hard thing to do at this level. And it just, and it takes a while for these guys to grow into it, to believe they belong. And, and I think that's what you're seeing is young guys mature and they amass at bats. And if they give themselves a chance, which Austin has, you know, like you, he said, he, you know, he stays with himself. He he's, remains confident. He continues to work and, and he's figuring things out. Last one before you go, you uh, it's pretty clear in, in uh, getting to know you that maintaining your connection with Bobby Cox is so important to you. Uh, can you just talk about that, how you've been doing that? Yeah. Um, well, I try to get over there as much as I can with our schedule and just sit with him. You know, it, it, it's um, I know he watches all the games. I text with Pam, his wife, um, you know, and, and actually I'll go over and uh, I, I try to get over there. A lot of times if we're traveling on a day, I'll go over and maybe have a beer with him, which is awesome. Um, I miss him dearly. I, every day at 6.15, he used to, I could, he'd get a cup of coffee and he'd be sitting here at my desk and we'd talk for a half hour before I'd go out on the field and, and um, you know, where I, I could call. He never didn't answer when I called if I had a question, if I had a situation that I wasn't sure about. Um, but it was an unbelievable resource and great friend. And I just, I, I miss the man. I love him dearly. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's tough. And, um, but I know he's there rooting for us. There's no bigger fan of, of the Atlanta Braves than Bobby Cox. And I think we all, you know, we all miss seeing him bouncing around the clubhouse here because, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I used to tell guys when I was in AAA, you know, before they came up, I said, I'm going to tell you who you're going to go play for. The guy's got two fake knees and he wears cleats all day long. If it gives you any idea, the baseball rat <laughs> that you're going to go play for, you know, so um, it, it, we all miss him. Snit, you got through your first podcast. All right. I'm, yeah, this is great. I, I, you know what? I couldn't think of anybody better that I would, I would rather that I would rather have to uh, do my first podcast than you two. Well, I appreciate you didn't, it. You didn't ask me one. You. you didn't ask me to compare one or you know the uh, player or whatever either, and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, I thought about it, but I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> All right, sir. I appreciate it. All right, Buster. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a Thursday. We've got Andrew Campbell, Real Camp Drew writes in, Hey, Buster, which would be a bigger storyline at the end of the season? So a pair of hypotheticals. The Mariners go into their first playoff game in 20 years, a game that uh, a young Andrew Campbell actually attended when he was six, or the Yankees missing the playoffs. 
it would be the Yankees missing the playoffs. <laughs> right? I mean, the Mariners, uh, look, until they have some sustained success, and this year is going to be a year of progress for them, it's a little bit like a tree falling in a forest, right? Where on the other Ouch. hand, the Yankees, well, would you agree with me? No, I mean, with yeah. all, and again, it's been an important year for the Mariners moving forward, but they're not really sort of in the mainstream of conversation at this point. The Yankees, on the other hand, went into the year as the favorites to win the American League. So for them to miss the playoffs, that would be a bigger story. I agree with you. Uh, Jay at random 9909. Jay writes in on the last pod. You said whoever plays the Blue Jays in the wildcard game, the Rays will be rooting for, or would they? Jay throws out the Rays are nine and six against the Blue Jays. The Rays are one and six against the Mariners, and it's not out of the question that the Mariners would play the Blue Jays, and the Mariners are four and two against the Jays. Love the uh, the confidence from the Mariners fan. This is a Mariners podcast after all, Buster. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And it should be a Blue Jays podcast because the Blue Jays are really hot right now. They may be the best team in the American League right now. And so whatever happened before Tampa Bay against Toronto early in the season, that doesn't matter. Right now, the Toronto Blue Jays are the team that nobody wants to play. Throw those records out the window. That's one of my favorite sports cliches. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Thanks for writing in, everyone. And please follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's it for today. My thanks to Brian Snitker, to Sarah, to Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.